0: Daniel chapter 8. We can decide at the end if this one is easier than 7 or harder than 7. That means I'm totally undecided right now. Daniel chapter 8, starting in verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, Daniel after that which appeared to me at the first. And I saw in the vision, and when I saw, I was in Susa, the citadel, which is in the province of Elam. And I saw in the vision, and I was at the Ulai Canal. I raised my eyes, and I saw, and behold, a ram standing on the bank of the canal. It had two horns, and both horns were high, but one was higher than the other and the higher one came up last. I saw the ram charging westward and northward and southward. No beast could stand before him, and there was no one who could rescue from his power. He did it as as he pleased and became great. As I was considering, behold, a male goat came from the west across the face of the whole earth without touching the ground, and the goat had a conspicuous horn between his eyes. He came to the ram with the two horns which I had seen standing on the bank of the canal and he ran into him ran at him in his powerful wrath I saw him come close to the ram and he was enraged against him and struck the ram and broke his two horns and the ram had no power to stand before him but he cast him down to the ground and trampled on him and there was no one who could rescue the ram from his pa- from his power then the goat became exceedingly great. But when he was strong, the great horn was broken, and instead of it, in, in, instead of it there came up four conspicuous horns toward the four winds of, of heaven. Out of one of them came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. It grew great even to the host of heaven. And some of the host and some of the stars it threw down to the ground and trampled on them. It became great, even as great as the prince of the host. And the regular burnt offering was taken away from him, and the place of his sanctuary was overthrown. and And a host will be given over to it together with the regular burnt offering because of transgression. And it will throw truth to the ground, and it will act and prosper. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to the one who spoke, For how long is the vision concerning the regular burnt offering, the transgression that makes desolate, and the giving over of the sanctuary and host to be trampled underfoot? And he said to me, For twenty-three hundred evenings and mornings. Then the sanctuary shall be restored to its rightful state. When I, Daniel, had seen the vision, I sought to understand it. And behold, there stood before me one having the appearance of a man. That's a good place to pause. Daniel has another vision. And he he gives us two, um, two time references. He says... And this is in backward order, but the last phrase in, in verse 1 is, it, it's after the first one. The first vision being what Daniel recorded in, in chapter 7. The first line of, of, of chapter 8 is, in the third year of the king, uh, of the reign of King Belshazzar. So, The first vision that Daniel had in chapter 7 was in the first year of King Belshazzar, around 553 B.C. So now the third year of Belshazzar, 551, 550, somewhere right around there. Daniel has another vision, but it's different in several ways. First off, where is this vision? Let's, Let's do geography for a little while. It's, he's, he has this vision, and he says he was in Susa at the citadel, the, 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 the fortress. Where is Susa? It's, it's, it's in Iran. And he says in the province of, of Elam. So he, he, he gives the, the, the readers who are a bit more familiar with the geography than, than, than maybe we are of these ancient cities and, and provinces that he says, I saw in the vision I was in Susa. Now, you know, as as is probably common with most of the second half of Daniel at least, scholars can't agree. You know, is he actually in Susa? Was he there on business for the king? Or was he transported in this vision to Susa? I would, I would probably have a tendency to, to think that, that in this vision, Daniel realizes, I'm not in Kansas anymore. I'm in, I'm in Susa, that, that he's seeing this vision. Maybe he had been there. He's been in service of the king for, for what? 605 to 550, you know, 50, 55 years that he's been in the, in the service of, of Nebuchadnezzar, the kings after him, uh, Nabopolitis, and, and now Belshazzar. So I think he was familiar with, with Susa. Some scholars say, well, by this time, not to get too far ahead, that the Medes and the Persians have thrown off the Babylonian uh, empire. They are, they are growing themselves. And so whether or not Daniel would have been in Susa just for uh, working for the king, they, they, they doubt it. And so they say he was transported somehow in this vision. Now think about it. Is that incredible? Is that unbelievable? God is fixing to give Daniel, a, or is in the middle of giving Daniel this vision that as we see by we get, when we get to the end, that this is... First, it's 200 years down the, down the line. Then it's 400 years down the road. If, that, if God can give Daniel a vision that's that far in the future, can't he give him the perspective of having this vision, you know, 100 miles away or however far it is from Babylon to, to Susa? Certainly. So I think maybe he's, I, I believe that he is, he is seeing this vision from the perspective of being in Susa. Which is like, oh, all of a sudden, I'm in another capital city. It's not the capital of of the world empire yet, but it will be if you if you read continue um, in in the uh, exilic portions of the Old Testament. Esther lived in Susa. Nehemiah returns to Jerusalem from Susa, but at this time, it's just like. A white, it's more than a wide spot in the road but it's not the primary city of the primary uh, empire that's ruling the world. That's still being Babylon. So Daniel sees this. He's in he's, he's by this, this canal this man made channel and I can't remember how big they said it was but it, I want to say that, that, I, that I read something like 200 feet wide but don't, don't take that but it was big and thinking of, of this canal that, that joins these two rivers that flowed through there. That, that's the way it, it reads right here. He said he saw himself at the citadel in Susa. Yeah. He, he was at this canal. That's the way it reads. And he's, he's, he sees that. Yeah. He's, he's seeing that. Why, why? You know, it's like, why Susa? Babylon is still, Babylon is still the, the, the dominant empire in control of most of this. And he sees that. What what does he see? He sees more animals, but they're not as beastly as the animals that he saw in chapter 7. You know, it's not um aligned with With eagle wings, or a bear with, you know, chomping on ribs, or a leopard with with four heads, or this indescribable fourth beast that he saw. He sees a a ram standing there on the bank of the canal, and and, and the ram has two horns. And most do, unless somebody that, you know, dehorned the sheep, the ram. Doesn't know what they're doing and cuts one off, but it doesn't really cut off and it keeps growing. If you've ever, we had a unit a unigoat one time that from my brother that he you know didn't want to pay to have it done, so he cut it and but one of them came back and so it's just you know goofy looking goat that's like a unigoat. But Daniel sees this ram and it's and he has two horns, but one is higher than the other, and it's the one that came up last so right now he's what's he doing verse 5 he's considering this what does this mean daniel he's he's having this vision he sees this ram and this ram is has two horns one's bigger than the other and he's charging west he's charging north he's charging south you know, they left out east. So this goat's not going east, but he's going the other three directions. And he's doing whatever he wants. said he did as he pleased and became great. So this, this, this ram is, is great, is powerful, does whatever he wants. That would make you stop and think, right? I'm seeing this vision. I'm not in my hometown. I'm, I'm, I've been transported to this citadel. I'm seeing this on this... This canal, and here's this ram, and he's doing whatever he wants. Verse 5, he's I'm considering this. I'm thinking about this. You know, your brain makes so many, you know, uh, calculations just, you know, in 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 just a split second. And he's and and all this is like, what, what's going on? And all of a sudden you have that, you know, that accent word, behold. As, as he's sitting there looking at it, all of a sudden a male goat comes up. I like the King James says, and, because they put an and before H words sometimes too. That sort of messes with me. but And he goat comes up. A male goat comes up. And he comes from the west across the whole earth which way had the ram charged he charged north south and west so so this goat's coming from one of from the direction from the west from whence the ram had charged earlier and he is coming fast he's not touching the ground i mean you've you've just you just get it's another vision. It's another picture. You can you know close your eyes and just envision this of this this goat just flying across the ground. And how is this one different? He's not really too scarily monstrous, beastly like the leopard with four heads or the bear or this that fourth beast in chapter uh, seven. But he's got one horn. Just. And he says, a conspicuous horn between his eyes. And he, and he comes to the ram that's standing on the bank and he, and he ran at him, how? In powerful wrath. This goat is angry with the ram. Furious. He's furious. He, he's, this ram has done something to make the goat angry, furious. Not that the goat's just, I mean the goat's bad enough himself or but he's. But it seems like he, there's some, something added to it that the ram has made him angry. And then as he got close, it says he was enraged against him and he struck him and he broke off the two horns and the ram couldn't stand. And then he trampled him. It's like you know, they, they, they hang you, they shoot you, and then they burn you. I mean, it's like they, he trampled him after he, after, he, uh, after he destroyed him. And nobody could rescue the ram. The goat becomes exceedingly powerful, exceedingly great. And it's, it's, it's as if, as soon as he became strong, what happened? The great horn was broke off, and then four horns came up out of the, you know, on this goat. Four conspicuous. You, you can't miss these. You can't miss that single horn, and now you can't miss the four horns that have come up, and it's toward the four winds of heaven. That's north, south, east, and west. It, it's, it's these four horns. We don't know how much time. It's like the, 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 the goat, as soon as he became great, those four horns came up. But then in a, in a little while, a little horn comes up out of one of those four. So, so one of them is, is you, you would guess, broken off. And this little horn comes up, and he grows great where? Toward the south toward the east, and toward the glorious land, the beautiful land. I think Daniel is, is describing Judah or Jerusalem, saying he, he grows strong toward Jerusalem, toward our, our homeland, toward my homeland, our, our city. It grows so great even to the host of heaven. Even it, 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 and some of the host and some of the stars it threw down, it trampled on them. It became even as great as the prince of the host. And then he, then he sees the burnt offering is taken away. The place of his sanctuary is overthrown. The host will be, uh, verse 12, and a host will be given over to it with the burnt offering. Because of transgression, it will throw truth to the ground and it will act and prosper. Then he heard a voice of a holy one. Speaking, and another holy one answered, How long is this going to last? How long is the burnt offering and the transgression that makes desolation and the giving over the sanctuary going to be trampled underfoot? And, and the first one answers the second one and says, 2300 evenings and mornings. Then the sanctuary will be restored. He says, that Daniel then says, As I saw this vision, and I sought to understand it. Well, yeah, that's, that's. If you had this vision, would you want to understand it? It's like, certainly. I, I, I want to understand it. So that's, that's the vision. A ram on the bank of the Ula Canal in Susa. With, with two horns, he's powerful, and then all of a sudden, it seems out of nowhere comes this male goat with one horn, he's flying across the ground, he destroys the, the, the ram, and you think, well, the ram was there for a little while, he was great, and, and, and then the goat killed him. The goat's great, but that powerful Single horn is broken off and four other horns take its place. And then a little horn comes up in place of one of those. And and you start Daniel starts seeing these things that are related to Jewish worship. Israel's worship it would seem. That the, the burnt offering is taken away. The place of the sanctuary is is overthrown. All of these bad things happening to Israel, to the Jews. So if you go back to 2 and 7 in that chiastic structure, and you pick up the animals in 7 and the statue in 2, what parallel do we see here as far as the country is represented? Number 2 and 3. <laughs> right? Okay, the good thing about chapter 8 is they're gonna, the angel is going to tell Daniel exactly who these two countries are. So, it, it's kind of like you're reading this and like, okay, I want to throw in all of these names right now. But let's wait, because we're going to read it right now. So Daniel sees this. He wants to understand it. Okay, let's start reading in the middle of verse 15. And behold, there stood before me one having the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Uli, and it called, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So Daniel sought to understand it. And somebody tells Gabriel... Make him understand. Verse 17, So he came near where I stood, and when he came, I was frightened and fell on my face. But he said to me, Understand, O son of man, that the vision is for the time of the end. And when he had spoken to me, I fell into a deep sleep with my face on the ground. But he touched me and made me stand up. He said, Behold, I will make known to you what shall be at the end of the matter of the indignation, for it refers to the appointed time of the end. As for the ram that you saw with two horns, these are the kings of Media and Persia, and the goat is the king of Greece, and the great horn between, the, between his eyes is the first king. As for the horn that was broken in place of which four other others arose four kingdoms shall arise from his nation but not with his power I think that's a I think that's a good place to pause So Daniel's there in Susa, he, he he realizes he's in Susa, the citadel. It's not the great Susa that it's going to become in in a, a, another 15, 20 years. It's but it's but it's it's it, it's a good big city. It's, it has its own citadel. He's there. He's standing on the bank of this this canal. He sees this ram rise up and do whatever it wants. Then he sees a goat with one horn take on the ram. He sees that great horn break off, four come up in its place, and then a little one come up after that. And he's he's like, I I want to understand this. What, what do you think he means by I want to to understand this. What is he... What is he he's, he's seen in this vision something related to the sacrifice. Now, is Israel sacrificing at this moment when Daniel has the vision? I mean, Daniel's having the vision in 550 B.C., there are no sacrifices going on. But he sees this vision and then the sacrifices stop. So it's kind of like he's he's seeing far enough into the future where the sacrifices had started again, else how did they stop? Because they had been stopped back in, in, in 586 B.C., 35 years before he sees this, when Babylon destroyed the temple. So it's, I mean, it's enough to... Mess with your mind, right? How do you see? It's a vision. He sees it and somehow he knows the sacrifices have started, but then they're going to stop again. And, and so he's, he's concerned. He wants to understand, but what do you think he wants to understand? Okay, you don't have to answer, and certainly you don't have to answer all at the same time. Does he want to know exactly... Exact dates and times and names and you know, that sort of thing? Or or is he more concerned with I wanna I need insight as to what is the nature of all of this? What is the what is the cause of all of this? I think more than than times and dates and and, and, and names, but that might have been a rabbit. So he, 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 he wants to know this, and, and, and as he's in this vision, he saw one. He appeared to be a man, but he only appeared to be a man. We, 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 we know that this is an angel. This is the, the archangel Gabriel, and somebody tells Gabriel, make him understand I think he's telling him, make him understand the nature and the cause of the conflict, which we're going to see in a a little bit. The cause of the conflict. So so Gabriel comes near to Daniel, and what happens? Who do I think the man's voice is? Uh I think it's God speaking to Gabriel. It doesn't say, but... There aren't too many people that can boss Gabriel around. I mean, maybe Michael may be higher in the hierarchy, but I think it's God telling, telling Gabriel to go help Daniel understand this, this vision. And Daniel, like pretty much everybody else in the Bible that sees an angel, he's afraid. Remember the first words that that the angels normally speak. It's not, you know, howdy, how are you, how's your mama and them. It's like, do not fear, fear not. And Daniel's afraid, and he falls down. Is he is he falling down in in fear and reverence and in, in worship? Maybe all of the above. And he says understand. This vision is for the end time. Now, two words, two little words that I want to say nobody can agree on. It's not that nobody can agree but half of the people agree it means this and half of the people agree it means this. The end time. What end time is he talking about? You can decide. We'll see. So, he starts talking to him and he falls down. It seems like he falls down again. This time, it's more like he faints. It says he's in a deep sleep and he touched him and made him stand up and he said, I'll make known to you what will happen at the latter end of the indignation for it refers to the appointed end of time and this indignation. He said the ram... With the two horns, it's the kings of the Medes and the Persians. So as far as the gold statue or the statue that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed of in chapter two, the gold head, Daniel told him, That's you, king, you're the gold head. But then another kingdom's gonna arise after you. And we know from history that it's the, 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 the Mede and the Persian Empire. In the the beasts in chapter four Chapter 7, that, that sort of parallel that, that, that image that Nebuchadnezzar saw. The, the middle beast was that bear raised up on one side. This, this ram had one horn that came up later. That the, that the Median empire rose first and then the Persian empire they joined. The Persian empire was greater. He said, this is the kings of the Medes and the Persians. Daniel is still seeing this in the future. That that maybe the, the the Medes and the Persians are, you know, they're they're gaining power, they're getting stronger and stronger, but Babylon is still the the ruler, the, the king, the 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 primary dominant empire at the time. And then to jump for, to jump even farther into the future, he says, the goat is the king of Greece. It's kind of like Greece. You know that that's like saying I don't know I have I have no good analogy. Okay, it'd be like you know years ago it's like okay the Cubs are going to win the World Series like in in Back to the Future and he's like they're the, whatever they jump to the future and it's like the the Cubs beat Miami in the World Series it's like the Cubs it's like yeah who would have thought and he's like I mean Miami because that was happening before there was a Florida okay. Greece it's and the little horn is the first king of Greece so what do we know about all of that that's Alexander the great it's Alexander the great that that this was future for Daniel but it's it's past prophecy or past events for, for us. And that he's, that horn is broken off and four others are going to get his kingdom. After Alexander the Great died, and did he die of old age? Well, it depends on your perspective. If you're, if you're in junior high, then he was old. He was 33 years old when, when he died. And so it's like, oh for the day. Really not. I don't know that I would want to go back, but... Maybe just for the lack of pain and, you know, nimbleness. Or, I don't even know if I was nimble then. But he, he dies. Remember what it said. As soon as he became great, that horn was broken off. That Alexander the Great in just three years came across from Greece through Syria, the glorious land, Israel, through Babylon, Iraq, Iran, all the way to the Indus River, that that on the is is the indus river on the border of india or slightly in anyhow to india and then when he when he got there and conquered all that they said that he that he cried because there were no more lands to conquer he he's great and so he just lived promiscuously he drank and he just died at the age of 33 now Historically, they say, well, two of his sons became rulers in his place, and 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 that's true. And I'm thinking, okay, how old were these kids if their daddy is only 33? But I don't know. I suppose biologically they could be, you know. Who? But anyhow, they didn't last very long. Four of his generals, they he they kill them. They take over, and Alexander's kingdom is is. Um, divided into four parts, uh, four four different kingdoms, north, south, east, and west. And and we begin to, uh, uh, two of them are going to take primary uh, position as the, in relation to Israel. We said after that, these four kingdoms, but they're not going to have his power. Verse 23, at the latter end of their kingdom... When the transgressors have reached their limit, a king of bold face, one who understands riddles shall arise. His power shall be great, but not by his own power. And he shall cause fearful destruction and shall succeed in what he does. And destroy mighty men and the people who are the saints. By his cunning he shall make deceit prosper under his hand and in his own mind. He shall become great. Without warning, he shall destroy many. And he shall, he shall even rise up against the prince of princes. And he shall be broken, but by no human hand. The visions of the evenings and the mornings that has been told is true. But seal up the vision, for it refers to many days from now. And I, Daniel, was overcome and lay sick for some days." Then I arose and went about the king's business, but I was appalled by the vision and did not understand it. Okay, easy enough, right? There are parts that even though much of this has already taken place. As a matter of fact, you could say all of this has taken place and, and you would find plenty of scholars who would agree with you to, 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 that, to that end, that it's, that it's taken place, that Daniel sees this vision of the Medes and the Persians rising up they, they attack to the north, the south, the west. They overcome Babylon. They over, overcome Egypt. They overcome Syria. And, and, and their empire is great. And then about that time, here comes this goat. Here comes Alexander the Great. He's, he's totally furious. Why? Because the Medes and Persians had been attacking Greece. And Greece had repelled them. And, but, but the Medes and Persians had inflicted much Damage and harm and casualties to the, the the Greek to the Greeks before Alexander the Great rose up, and now he's this military genius that that they said that he had a what was it called the the Greek phalanx that was like um, oh gosh I can't remember all of the dimensions, but it was it was their um, his, his army the, the way that they were uh, that they were set up this square of like 160 by 160 soldiers and they would march and they were, they were just indestructible that they were just you know, a wave after wave and they, and they maintained their, their order and discipline as they, as they went against nations and that great first king of Greece just dispels, just, just totally destroys that realm. Just, he hits him and he tramples him. And he does whatever he wants. And then just as he's got the ultimate control and empire, he dies. And four kingdoms come up after him. And they control different areas, but none of them is as great as Alexander. And then one Little horn comes up and he's, he's boastful. It sounds like the little horn in chapter 7 in a lot of the things that he does. But is it the same? The little horn in chapter 7 came from which beast? It was a horn, right? Yeah. The little horn in chapter 7 came from the fourth beast, which we, I think most conservative scholars say it's, that's Rome. This one's coming out of, out of Greece. And, and the historical person who fits this bill is Antiochus IV, who dubbed himself Antiochus Epiphanes, meaning that he, he gave himself the title of God Manifest, that he called himself God and 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 just historically the things that he did of 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 boasting that he that he went in and he 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 set aside the mosaic law he banned sacrifices he sacrificed a pig on the altar he killed tens of thousands of of Jews that had returned to the homeland so when Daniel sees the sacrifices stopping it's because Israel had returned to the promised land. The temple had been rebuilt and Antiochus the Epiphanes was was ruled there in Syria, the promised land stretching into, you know, off and on into to Egypt in, in 175 BC to 164 BC. And so Daniel's seeing this this vision and he's he's disturbed by okay, the the sacrifices were going on but they're stopped. And, and what's causing this? What was the, the, the cause of... Do we have any clues as to why did this evil rise up? How did, How is this allowed to, to happen? Okay. God allowed it. But why did God, God allow it? He said, to the end of the transgressions. What transgressions? It could be the empires, but more than likely it's God's people and their transgressions. We're, we see real quick in, in chapter 9, Daniel begins praying a prayer of repentance. And so that even though Israel was defeated, destroyed, taken into captivity, starting in 605 B.C., and then 598, and then 580, 687, and the temple destroyed and, and taken 500 miles away to Babylon, but then allowed to return, they still were unfaithful and disobedient. And, and God allowed Antiochus Epiphanes then to to set them, uh, to, you know, to, to discipline them. So, so, is this how are we to apply this? Why? It could parallel to the end times of now, for one thing. It could. When he says end times, is he, is he jumping way to the end or is it just a type, an example of, you know, or is it a dual fulfillment? Reach in the hat and pull out, you know, ABC and it, it, you will find credible conservative scholars that say all of the above. It might be that it's, it's the end of times. Or it might be that everything has already been fulfilled, but Antiochus Epiphanes is, is a type of the ultimate Antichrist that will come. And even... I wrote it down, but there's no way I'm gonna find it. Dr. Walford even said, and you know, one who is of dispensation theology that it's more than likely fulfilled, but it's he is a type of antichrist to come, the ultimate that will, you know, destroy God's people, that will wreak havoc on God's people. Does that in itself give us anything that that we can apply? It scares you. Daniel wants to understand the the nature and the cause of of this conflict. Do we... Need to or want to understand the nature and cause of conflicts that go on in our world today. What is the cause? Why are things not getting better? I mean, the Enlightenment, you know, early 19th century. Things were supposed to be getting better. We're supposed to be moving to this harmony and this utopia and everybody's supposed to get along and why can't we just all love each other? But is that happening? It's like, no. So what is the cause of this constant conflict? And and, and there's... (laughs) Angelic conflict going on. Is that 10? I think that's chapter 10. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe We still have the same problems that the problem occurring back then between those nations and that was the war and that part of the war. are the same problems that are going on a today. Nothing except names of countries perhaps in China. You know, we don't call it Persia or you know, what, but there's still the Persians that are over there mm-hmm. in why is it's? It's, I mean, I think, not to simplify it, but it's because of, of sin in the world that that the conflict exists and that evil, it's satanic opposition to God, and and that sin increases. for how long? Until God establishes, which it's already established. I mean, it's kind of a semantics thing. Of, but until until Christ returns and His kingdom, His eternal kingdom is set up. You know, look look how quickly these great men, powerful men, are dispatched. I mean, if you're living through it, and and, and Alexander the Great is wreaking havoc for. Three plus years over the entire region—that seems like a long time. But when you when you read the vision, it's like boom! All of a sudden, he's gone. You know, Antiochus Epiphanes, boom—he's gone. Yeah, it was three and a half or seven years, depending on how you want to interpret the the twenty-three hundred mornings and evenings. But that 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 it's that in the end, they're 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 put down. That, that, that God, again, is in control. So, is there any negotiations, are there any negotiations going on between what God wants to do and what these kingdoms want to do? No, that in God's time, He brings about the end of all of these kingdoms, and it's, it's in His time. Just as when the, 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 the nations of, of the day, of today, or the, you know, whoever rises up will, in God's time, He will bring about his own kingdom. Okay, now you tell me. It's time to go. I mean, don't tell me it's time to go, but... It's... Yeah, I think it's easier than chapter 7, but it's still not like... Exactly spelled out, what is this? I see, you know, this little horn as being sort of a, a type of the great little horn, even though this one comes out of, of, of Greece and not Rome, but, it's, but it also reflects those, there's more than one antichrist. There's an ultimate antichrist, but John, said in First in, in John 2nd chapter, even today and that was 2,000 years ago there are antichrists raising up there are, there are, there's much opposition to God but God's not worried about it that when, he, when, when his time is when the fullness of time just as it was for the first coming of Christ when God's time is set then Christ will return and all of this will be put, trampled under his feet. Okay, we'll look at chapter 9 next week. It's it's almost, um, in a way, it's sort of narrative of what Daniel's doing in, in the first year of, of Darius. And it's it's one of those great um, biblical prayers, or what we see Daniel Daniel praying. Any anything else? Any other prayer requests or observations? Daniel was told, keep this sealed, not hidden, but safe. Keep this safe. You know, sealed could mean, you know, safe as it probably does more so than than. don't hide this, but just keep this safe so that when your people are going through this conflict in the future, they, they will know that this is by, by God's design. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And God, though many times we... Just need your Holy Spirit to illumine our hearts and minds that we can understand these things. That as Daniel was looking forward, in many ways we're looking back on these events. But we know that those evil powers, that Satan still opposes your kingdom but that you're in control, that you will redeem your saints, your people, out of this world. But God, may we, as as Daniel rose up and went about the king's business, may we be about our king's business while we're waiting on his return. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.